Hello and welcome, this is PSG Review, a show that doesn't take international breaks, but still as fresh as our South American players battling the jet lag on their return. Also known as the Phoenix, undecided whether to emerge from the ashes of the past few years, and if so, in which fashion. My name is Miko, great to have you with us today. You can talk to me on Twitter or Instagram, now also the handle in both of those is at PSG Helsinki. Today we talk a little bit more broadly about the state of affairs. This international break has given us an opportunity to reflect and I promise to give you one approach. You know, my approach, not exclusively my approach of course, but you know, something that I've been thinking, something that uh, I have been kind of having an idea what could be a way forward. I've been collecting some thoughts based on some conversation, of course. You know, none of this is my my thinking alone. There's also other people on Twitter especially that I've had conversations with and, and they've said things that have been resonating with me and just ideas that have come to my to my own mind while I've been, you know, admittedly overthinking the state of PSG. Of course, it's also based on the news around the clubs, some rumors, some gossip, but some also just news. And of course, you know, just having lived through this period. This is mainly about the men's team, I will give you that, but the thing about well-functioning structure is that it serves everyone on every level of the organization. There's a lot of frustration, the level of performance hasn't been what we expect, it hasn't been what we feel that we pay for as a club, you know, and these players, they in turn, of course, they feel like they are not well served by the current project for whatever reason. You know, these same players, now in their national teams, they don't seem to find it difficult at all to play well. And 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 I guess, you know, we have to just safely guess that they haven't become bad football players overnight. Of course they haven't. They're some of the best in the world, many of them. You know, it has got to be something else. Why things aren't working out so well in Paris or for PSG? Uh, in, in when we are when we're on the road. And there doesn't seem to be an angle to approach this that would be an easier one. What what I mean by that is that I'm usually fairly optimistic person. That's something that, uh, you know, is just my personality. And I don't want to get involved into too much negativity because, you know, it doesn't really serve me well. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person who is like dwelling on, on, on negativity. But try as I might, it is difficult to spin the current situation uh, on a club level into something that it absolutely isn't. It is not great. All the options, all the chances, all the resources, all that it takes for it to be amazing seem to be there, but something isn't clicking. So what to do? What to do? You know, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. You know, Here are my proverbial two cents. Always good to remind, of course, that these are just opinions. It's easy to shout over the fence, so to speak, you know, to provide solutions to problems that aren't mine to solve. But, you know, I won't let that stop me from telling you some of these ideas that I have been thinking. Are you ready? You ready? All right. PSG needs to be a deadly league on team. That's it. That's what I feel very strongly. This would be my suggestion if, you know, I was slided into the suggestion box at the La Factory for the PSG boardroom and, and all the other people in the structure. We need to become the strongest possible team for league on and this obsession that we have with Champions League 
it hasn't been helping us at all. All things considered, it is actually pretty counterproductive because it has taken the focus from building this unstoppable machine that rolls over everyone and anyone every week. Not just every few months, there's a big difference. There's too much pressure. It's a kind of mental thing. We oftentimes, what is this mentality that PSG, like what is the problem with mentality? Even if the players change, even if it's different players, sometimes it might be people who've been there for a long time, but then you get people like, you know, Gianluigi Buffon against Manchester United, Donnarumma now, or Omar Kenyas, and, and before it has been like whole, whole host of other, but it's kind of unfair to name players and, and kind of specify which players we're talking about when it comes to that, when clearly it's not really an individual question, you know, because there's been so many players who've been in that position. So a lot of people have been criticized, but, you know, either you play or you don't play. We need to be having the same ambition against all the clubs. This is about the pressure, about the specific matches. We can't afford to just be like thinking that, oh, you know, never like we'll just have to do the kind of like base level stuff in, in elsewhere. And then all of a sudden, because it's a European night, we're going to be amazing. We're going to be on some level that we have not been once during the whole season. You know, we need to have the same ambition against all clubs because that will create a team that is ever ready and able to give their all for 90 minutes of regulation time, any additional time, or even all the way to the penalties, if and when needed. Sometimes that is going to be needed as well. So how to achieve that? As I said, we need the strongest possible league on team. And I understand it may sound a little bit mad considering how comfortably we lead the league on table or how many times we have won the trophy in recent, you know, past years, even if, if not last season. But nevertheless, we all know that we've been very dominant when it comes to that. But it all sounds a lot less mad also if you have watched these matches. Just watching the league on table, it seems like, okay, what am I on about? But if you have watched all the matches, you know what I'm on about. You know this has been a very difficult season, as was last year, and without Mbappe, who may or may not be here next season, I don't know if we would be on top of the table, certainly not as comfortably, I don't think. It's never about one player, football is a team sport, but I think it's still fairly safe to say that, that we have depended on him, and, 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 and you know a lot of other players as well, but I think this has been his season. So I'm not simply talking about us having to win the trophy, you know, win the title. I'm talking about having a team that goes into every single match with the same type of clarity and vengeance and even more than those, motivation, purpose. They need to go there with their purpose. And we need to be a deadly league on team. This is my point. We need to do that. We need to have that team. There is a saying, it's an African saying, my wife is South African, I learned it from her, and it says that the strength of the crocodile is in the river. Outside of that context, it's natural habitat. It's a little bit lost, not really, you know, sure what, it, what, what it's there for. And I really think that we need to do the, what we need to do right now is to build a, such a strong, solid league on team, like a machine, domestic football. That is our river. That is where our strength is. That is where we need to be all that we can be. So the rest is almost a side product of that. The reason why this is important, considering that we are doing very well in Ligue 1 as it is, at least like said on paper, the most matches, by far the most matches in any given season, are Ligue 1 matches. Even if you go all the way in Champions League, 
all the way to the final. That is still only 11 matches per year. 11 matches. In Coupe de France, there's fewer matches than that. But in Ligue 1, we have almost 40 matches. Uh, 38 match days, to be precise. But more, but more important than the number is their frequency. This is the consistent football that we play week in and week out. And the nature of Champions League is that we could describe it as sporadic. I mean, there is a schedule, but for instance, from the end of the group stage to the first round of knockouts, there's a good couple of months. There's a Christmas break, there's, you know, all sorts of stuff. So while we as a club have had all of our energies in this, to be honest with you, bizarre competition Champions League, and I'm not saying it as a better person because we did so poorly this year or because we've struggled years before, although two years, you know, like last year and the year before that, we were actually pretty good and we did fairly well, even if we didn't go all the way one year we're in the final, and then, you know, last year, we we were not far f- from that. We were in the semifinal. So, it is difficult competition. It's even impossible competition to have as your sole motivation. It's just, that's that's not how it works. Like, you can't build the whole year around 11 matches. That's where the mentality breaks. That's where the pressure comes from. That basically you are being tested and if you make a mistake it becomes almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy so technically i know that players will give their best in all of the matches it was a kind of like a thing that Marquinhos was being asked about the uh, about this in uh, in a press conference before i think maybe perhaps before the first real madrid match that psg won at parc de france back then some weeks ago and he was being asked that you know how the psg season starts now and and he was very upset about it, and rightly so, and saying that, what do you mean, like, as if we don't, like, as if the, the you know, the group stage was nothing, as if the Ligue 1 is nothing, as if the, the Coupe de France is nothing, that they come in and they, like, technically, I understand that in principle, the players come and they give their all that they have to give. But because of the nature of these things, I also kind of, I... I hate to admit that, but I also kind of understand what the interviewer asked, even if that question was being asked in bad faith. Perhaps it was asked in a bad way, but I kind of like I see the I see the kind of like the idea that there is the seed of truth somewhere there in the middle of the nonsense and 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 uh, clickbait journalism. So while it's true that the players give their all. It's not that easy to find the motivation, the right type of motivation for all the players. It doesn't. It just seems that it's not there. They just seem to be walking while we have our opponents as motivated as they will be for the whole season. This is going to be oftentimes the match against PSG is the biggest match that they have the whole year. So let's look, for instance, at, at Messi, you know. And people have been looking at him. It is a part and parcel of being of superstar, perhaps the best player of this era, if not all the eras and the current holder of Ballon d'Or. Like, where, is, where, where are we supposed to look if not him? Obviously, we're going to be looking at him. So anyways, he came to Paris to win the UCL. We know that. He didn't come to Paris to win the Ligue 1. Ligue 1 can be won with or without him. But playing in different rhythm with different players, different styles, defenders and all that, he has had his moments, to be entirely honest, you know, and had he put half those shots that, that have hit the bar in, if they would have gone in, we would have a different conversation. That is clear, but it is difficult for him to come here and be all pumped up to play clubs that he isn't familiar with. 
who who knows you know if he respects them i don't know if he cares or or, or maybe he cares maybe maybe he cares about those clubs does he care about psg maybe he does care about psg but does he care about it enough is that the problem well we don't know because once again as i am recording this now last night he played with his national team and there were no complaints on the contrary he was having a good match or is it just the current coaching that makes no sense to him perhaps i don't know but we need to have at least in a mix a solid core of league on machines on top of messi let's talk about neymar we, we all know how great he is because we have seen it in in his previous years we have seen it in the brazilian selections and we saw it in remontada he isn't really a league on player his style doesn't really fit into the league very well if i'm being honest it's like a magician doing wonderful trick and having a restless wrestler smashing a chair on him midway that beautiful magic trick it's an exaggeration you know to illustrate my point but you get what i mean of course you do we have all seen it he he's not stereotypical we're not you're not even stereotypical but but you know you kind of wonder how well does it even fit into league on because the way that he can be countered is a way that will get him injured also and he is receiving he's receiving a beating week in and week out in league on mauricardi he came into psg as one of the best strikers in the world yeah there were some difficulties around his personality perhaps his family and and and, and all of that there was a certain amount of reality tv kind of air around this whole thing but but he came in uh, you know very well regarded His early months were amazing, of course. The loan was then solidified into a full contract. Big transfer fees sent to Italy, and we sent our club legend Cavani packing to Manchester. But only very few months after his contract signing, we were in a Champions League final, desperately needing a goal. Desperately needing a goal. As desperately as you can ever need a goal. And who was brought in from the bench? Was it Mauro Icardi? No, it was Eric Maxim Chupomoting and Julian Draxler. And our biggest investment of that summer, a few months before, one of the best strikers in the world, supposedly at least, Mauro Icardi, who wasn't injured, stayed on the bench. But we know that he isn't a bad player. He's just not playing well. The competition is almost irrelevant. It doesn't seem to matter. He doesn't seem to get his rhythm right and, and, and his chances that he gets are few, few and far in between. Mbappe, of course, is very different because he's built for this. You know, he's built in France, he's built for this. And should he leave us, I hope he won't. But if he does, he will score more goals in Spain than in Ligue 1. Trust me, like, trust me. You don't have to trust me, but it's not something that I can promise you, obviously. I, Of course, I hope that we don't even ever get to see it. Hopefully, we won't find out and he sticks with us. But I think that should he go, hypothetically, should he go, I think it's very possible that he scores more goals in Spain than in than in, in France. The main message, however, and I've digressed a little bit, but the main message is, and I repeat myself here, like a malfunctioning Technics SL1200, we need a league on machine, unlike anything that anyone else may have or even ever had. The success in Champions League, I argue at least, can only come as a side product of having a great team. We have had it as our main goal, but the main goal must be having such a functional team where everyone knows what they are there for. Everyone is motivated for every and any match to be there and no one is taking days 
weeks or months off from their best because of, well, well not, not because of any reason. And everyone must be ever ready all the time. And when we use those 38 match days to become strong, who can then stop us in those 11 matches? Perhaps some teams can, but this on and off mentality isn't really what bears those fruits anyway. We've tried it now for several seasons. It doesn't work. Okay, so let's be pragmatic. Now we have been talking about the problem, what I think is the problem, and uh, I've been talking about what the solution is to build the best, strongest possible team for those 38 league-on matches. And because it's such a strong team where everyone knows what to do, that functions so well, that is so balanced, that has enough depth and all of that stuff, then it can do well in Europe because it works like a well-oiled machine, if I can use a cliche here. And and I don't claim to have all the answers, of course, not at all. This is just my approach, you know, it's an opinion, although it's nothing that, you know, has been invented by me. I was already saying that earlier. I'm, I'm not impo- I'm not the important part here. I'm not trying to inject myself here and saying, oh, this is this is important because I'm saying, you know, I'm completely relevant person when it comes to this, but it is something that I have gathered from the ether, you know, what seems to be the zeitgeist of our fan base, but also what makes sense. Most importantly to that, because many of our fans also change their opinion about what needs to happen on a daily basis, but that's none of my business now, of course. Uh, my opinion is that we can create this kind of deadly Ligan side by focusing on Ligan. We must bring in players who are familiar with Ligan and don't need a long time to adjust. I mean, we're still waiting for Messi to adjust. And he's very seasoned player. Granted, he comes from a system that existed just for him to be him. But still, in terms of Ligan, it has been underwhelming. It has, and not because he isn't an amazing player, but because he isn't really a league on player. And if he stays slightly confused week in and week out, perhaps when we need him, he can't guarantee much because the level, the routine, the kind of the the the, the standard level is not high enough. You can't come in and play well every two months, or even once a month, or whatever it is. So we need to refocus our recruitment to League On. That is, I think, something that we should start from. Primarily, yes, but not exclusively. We have to have a focus there, but doesn't mean that, oh, we must only hire or or buy players from from League On. Of course not. If we have players who are ready from the match day one, we have time to work on the tactics as well. And this is what I mean, that if we have players who are familiar with League On, then they are ready from the match day one. Now, we are, as I'm recording, it's 26th of March, and we are still waiting for Messi to adjust to Ligue 1. The season started when? August. So it's been a while. It's 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 been it's been like a, it's been it's been a half a year, and 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 this is not a criticism to Messi. This is kind of like an. This is a question of, of of thinking about the different outlook to this kind of situation. And, and I really, I have no reason to criticize Messi. I have no reason to criticize Neymar. None of those players, Icardi. I don't, like, I don't, I'm not here to disrespect fellow human beings. I'm not here to disrespect Pochettino, Leonardo, or anybody like that. I'm just saying that I think that we need to be pragmatic 
that if we want to do well and if these players and if if our club wants to build a team that can do anything that can go all the way in Europe it will have to be built from ground up and the structure needs to be solid you have you need a solid foundation we can't just put in like a like a band-aid this kind of band-aid players that we're thinking that okay they will somehow do it so one idea like said is to to, to focus or refocus the recruitment to league on but not entirely that this there's, there's also other uh, play a lot of places where you can get players who can who can start from there but we already know what what it is you know when players come from a completely different circumstances and then they then it's just too difficult and we are we are wasting months months and months and months for them to just get used to to the idea of playing here and i'm i'm of course there's there's a catch to this because i'm always the one of the first people who talk about the psg tax <laughs> if you knew that this what i mean by psg tax or what people mean with psg tax when 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 it's been mentioned it is that some player that who would normally go for let's say 30 million to some other club you know if some other club were to buy that player it would be 30 million then if psg asks it all of a sudden is 50 million you know the yesterday's price isn't the psg price so to speak but in all fairness this isn't even solely a leak on issue this is an issue with many other clubs in many other countries and leagues as well so we need either better people negotiating or just having better networks or or coming up with better arrangements for these contracts or then it doesn't matter because what's the difference if we pay the premium in France or to Italy you know at least playing it to another French team will improve them and hopefully uh, you know help the French football in general but also it contributes to this kind of ecosystem that requires PSG to always be ready and be challenged in France I personally don't 100% subscribe to this thinking that league on is PSG's problem if you watch how the league on sides play against PSG they approach it like it was a final it's it's mad stuff many times they come in all guns blazing and then sometimes our lukewarm superstars can look a little bit unprepared it can look a little bit silly because they just not on the same energy level because they're not a league on team because everybody's saying that the main goal is to win the champions league so when you're playing against Nantes or when you're playing against Lorient or Saint-Étienne or or anybody maybe anybody outside of Marseille you are just sort of like yeah whatever the smaller clubs they defend their badge you know and their honor of course that's not the only thing that they do because this is for them the players the players not just the clubs but for the players this is the one match that they play where they can attract a lot of attention that they, they they have the attention of the whole footballing world more or less and they're not trying to miss that chance they will come in and they will give their all they will give their everything everything and if we are not we are looking foolish as is the case so many times because to be honest with you it's not in Europe and a continental football where, where these other French team play so well I mean they really often on underperform there as well as as do we many times but my point is that we need to stop underperforming in France first then we can stop underperforming in Europe I think that is going to be the order 
that it can work. That is the only logical order for it to work. And and by the way, I'm I'm not saying that we should like said exclusively buy from France, let alone French players. You know, just to have healthier mix in the team. Like for instance, Hakimi and Mens, they they perfectly able to play in France. They don't come from the league on, but they're quite ready league on players. The effectiveness might be tied into the formation. You know, if you feel if you feel like they haven't played as well as they should have. Maybe you could say this about Hakimi. In the beginning of the season, he was amazing. Then it has kind of like fizzled out a little bit. But you can you can talk about the formation. You can talk about how the other players play together because he he has been very uh, secluded there. Like he's been excluded from the main action, and and it's almost like what's his purpose there? You have like one of the best wing backs in the world, and what's his purpose to be there? Uh, but nevertheless, we know that he is able to play in France. He and Men's Day, for instance, they are. They don't come from Ligon, but they are great Ligon players. And um, it doesn't really, like, they're, they can still play even if the defenders are, you know, just maybe going to kick their ankles. That's not going to stop them. They are players who are good match, I think, for Ligon. And there's also another aspect if we talk about French players in specific. Okay, well, we understand... It's a little bit iffy area, I think, but let me just say this idea. We understand that there's also a PR war to win and a marketing has to be considered. You can't just get rid of players who sell most shirt, shirts around the world and expect to have some lesser known guys compete with that. You know, we can say that, oh, we want Seko Fofana from Lance to come here. And I, I would like him to come, by the way, personally, I think he's great. I, he's really one of my league on favorites and I would love for him to come to PSG. But people around the world are not going to buy a shirt with uh, with his name on the back. Not not the first year. Maybe it is some, somewhere down the line should he come. But the system is also based on these stars. You know, it's unrealistic to, to think that we would just have players that aren't known before when they come, that, they, they, that, that they're not known around the world. But there's something about having a quite a few French players or, or players who come up in France. This is not my point primarily, but if PSG did have, in theory, more of a French team, more French player, that it would also look good to the outside world. It would make sense. I know it was an international friendly, so not really meaningful in any way last night as as I record this, but France was playing against Cote d'Ivoire and there were no PSG players playing even for one minute. Not even one, right? No PSG players there. In the team, there's currently Kimbembe and Mbappe. Okay, there's Ariola who is on loan, but but nevertheless, that's that's beside the point. There were two PSG players who are in this uh, who who are in this French national team, and neither one of them were playing in for the national team. Of course, there were many uh, academy graduates, but that's beside the point. We're getting to that in a moment. So the thing is that we know that the haters are gonna hate no matter what. You know, but there's something to be said about, for instance, Manchester City, which is a club that has been big money club for longer than us. And I would say it is owned by worse people. It's not really a competition, but it is owned by worse people than our owners. I mean, they are implicated in horrors happening in Yemen, like awful stuff, even if no one cares about that. And the labor conditions there are as bad as in Qatar, you know, for a lot of the manual labor. And this is not some kind of a twisted, uh, you know, 
competition. Uh, this is not also what this episode is about, but Manchester City is not seen as problematic. One of the reasons is because it's in England and English media kind of like holds its own. But also one of the reasons is that they have built essentially a very English starting eleven. Not entirely, obviously, we all know that, but they have many of the national team players there. We have two, and they have many more. And I think a lot is forgiven to their organization for that reason, at least in England, but because England is also a very powerful football country and powerful football media and the whole of that stuff, you know, then it ripples to the other countries as well. So essentially they have harnessed xenophobia to their own advantage. It is a very perverse situation from all angles, but it has worked for them. Well, the last thing I'm trying to do here is to give notes on how to build a successful sports washing project. It is literally the last thing that I want to do. It is very problematic from start to finish, but if you want to create a brand that looks better to the outside world, well, there might be something to this. There might be something there to think about. You know, which then brings us to the big question, of course, well, one of them, um, academy players in the current French national teams, right? Two PSG players, but regardless what, what of, of that, that there's only two PSG players, it feels like every second player there currently is a PSG Academy player. Of course, you know, like I said, Kimbembe is there. Mbappe is not a, a PSG Academy player just because he plays there. The only player who plays there and plays for PSG, you know, in a starting rotation more or less, is Kimbembe. He is one of our first team players. But we also have Moussa Diaby, who was uh, one year in the first team rotation. Christopher Nkunku, uh, he was a little bit more now... Both of them doing absolutely wonderful things in Bundesliga. Absolutely wonderful things. And Bundesliga is, of course, where Kingsley Coleman plays. He had first gone to Juventus, to Italy, and all that. That is Juventus, is where we have Adrian Rabiot, Mike Magnan, also in Italy, in Milan. He's in Milan and um, Areola. Still, like I said, he's still a PSG player, but he's on loan in West Ham. He's also there as the perennial backup goalkeeper there for the national team probably will never be the starting keeper um, for for the national team. But, you know, he has had few minutes here and there. Not not too many, but some. And some might add Kendozi, but he's more of an incidental PSG character who happened to be in the youth system for a moment, brief spell. He has made it very clear that he isn't one of us in his desperate pleas for validation and acceptance from Marseille fans. I, you know, so I don't really beg for him to do anything else or be anything else. He really doesn't count here. We don't beg friends. But the point is that there are those players and it is very fashionable talking point that we have let those players go. That this is kind of a failure of PSG to let those players go. That if we would have stuck with them, we would now have them for free. And I suppose, you know, you can defend this argument to a certain extent, but it's also clear that it's it's not quite that simple. It is not quite that simple because those players, they beca- became who they became for the most part because they went to a club that was on a level where they could be starters. Gunku would not have become what he is now if he was there waiting for his turn behind Neymar, Mbappe, Di Maria, Icardi then, you know, afterwards, and, and Cavani before, then there's Draxler, so on and so forth. At the time, there was also Chupamoting. There was Then there was Mosa Diaby, also with another player. So for him to wait to get his chance, 
he would not have had enough minutes. If there was a loan option where these players could achieve the same thing, then that would be another conversation. But as things stand, these players have gone elsewhere to become something. Become something that they would not necessarily have become within the PSG organization, not in this structure. Rabiot, perhaps the biggest exception, you know, he has myriad of other problems to solve, so I'm not going to get into his specifics. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other uh, podcast episode, maybe for Juventus-related podcast or something like that. I, 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 I'm happy to say that his antics are not my problem. But of course, if we try to build this team from the ground up, a little bit more and specifically geared towards our own kind of football that we play. Perhaps the recruitment would be different and we wouldn't have these questions. Perhaps there would be chance for these younger players to be integrated better. That doesn't mean that we should only have our under 19 team playing there in, in Ligue 1 and Champions League. That's not going to work. But if there's a healthy mixture and a healthy recruitment, then we are able to rotate better and we are we are building that bridge between the youth team to the main team. And the academy is then becoming more of a place also where people aren't looking uh, to the other places. Ah, should we go? Should I go to this this other team? Should I go to the other team? And the other big teams are, are taking a lot of those players. You know, this is the problems because we lose these players as we like we have if this continues to happen. My thing is that I don't want to talk perhaps two, three years from now how we, how well, you know, Savi Simons, Eduard Michou, Mutanapi Podiang, El Chedal Pichiapu, Eamon Kari, Nathan Bidumasala, Ismail Karbi, Warren Sher Emery, or any other current under-19 players doing somewhere else. I mean, I understand that some of them, yeah, not all of them are going to stay forever in Paris. I, that's, that, that would be almost unnatural. It is normal that some of them are going to go somewhere but I do hope that there's going to be some of those players who are going to be continuing and playing in and for Paris and not all of them play somewhere else these are these people these are the Colmans and Kunkus of today and we are going to have to wait some years and then we can say okay where are these players playing because to be honest with you when Christopher Kunku left PSG I thought to myself that uh, let's see what, how it's going to go. There is there are pictures when he was uh, PSG was going to Qatar for like one of these winter camps, um, training camps and, and and whatever else they were doing, and they were visiting the stadiums that were being built there. And there's this picture where Nkunku and I think Kimpembe and some other people they're there with the hard hats on, maybe duck, but I don't know. And I remember. Gunku was there and he in that stadium construction site with a hard hat on and I was just thinking to myself at the time that that yeah you know you, you can look but it's you probably not you, you're probably not going to be playing in this, this in this world cup that's like the way things are going you're probably not very close to be playing there now a few years later he is very close to being playing there couple of years everything can change and it, I'm not saying that I wasn't thinking that he doesn't have it in him but Getting in the French national team is not easy. It's one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive national teams in the world. So to say somebody that it's not a, it's not a big chance that you're going to be playing for this, uh, this World Cup is not to say that you're not a good football player. It is to say that, that, well, I wonder if you're good enough. And now 
he is very close <laughs> to being, he's definitely going to be in a mix of players where that World Cup team is going to be selected from. And if he continues playing like he has been playing, he will be that. So this is not what I don't want to happen. I don't want this to happen. <laughs> not, <laughs> well, <laughs> now I'm not talking about Kunku's World Cup anymore. What I don't want to happen is that we're losing these players because there was no way to integrate them. So it would be good for us to have a system that feeds from its own academy as well. And and I think that uh, what is needed is like said, in this club is to find more synergies between the stars and acad- academy. So it's a hybrid version. It's not. It's like I said. It's not that. Oh, we just put in our under 19s with with Kimbembe and 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 few others, and then it's great. But it is something that we have this kind of a hybrid version where we have this functional bridge. You know, where players can come in and get some minutes and and, and, and a little bit of that is happening, not necessarily quite enough. But we also understand that we can't be saying that, oh, you know, now let's bring like these players and then that's going to that's gonna somehow solve the problem. It's also not going to solve the problem because we do need our star players for our business model, which we are kind of stuck with anyway. We can't just sort of like change the whole business model at, at the moment. We do need the stars who are going to be selling those match day shirts and merchandise. And, and, and that's just something that um, that needs to happen. And even those contracts, you know, that are that are, uh, that are open the exclusive doors to brands like Jordan, that's not going to happen if we have if, if if you have if we have Yassan on and on on as a striker, <laughs> that's you know it's just a random example. So that is the business model, and that is not something that you can just throw away overnight. But at the same time, you can balance things out, and perhaps you don't need quite as many big names as you think. I think this season has shown that we've had far too many big names, and I don't know how many shirts we have sold, but maybe sometimes, maybe oftentimes, these stars come with big egos, maybe sometimes, maybe even oftentimes, things don't work out as well as they should, maybe in on paper, in the real world, is a quite different thing. So you need a healthy mixture of things. And perhaps we also need to acknowledge that currently the reason why our youth players don't play are not so much the superstars, but the aging free transfers and other players like that. So it's not, you know, on one side, uh, one side uh, the superstars and on the other side the academy players, and then there's a conflict and who wins and who is the right and who is wrong. So it is about the structure, it is about the policy, it's about the recruitment, a lot of things like that. None of this is straightforward, that is clear, not at all, but you have to start from somewhere. So this is some kind of summary of things that I've been saying. Champions League, it's far too abstract of a competition to have as your main focus for the whole season, for the whole full season. You can win it by being a good team. Trying to win it by trying to win it is much more difficult. And that is what we have been doing. So if you try and your whole goal is to be like this, Ligon killing machine like this thing that rolls over everybody with no mercy who is just day in day out week in week out month in month out doing something something really rather amazing there then going to Europe you don't even have to like the players don't even have to raise the level as such yeah it's going to be different there's going to be different teams they're going to be better teams but they know what they're doing Ajax from Amsterdam they're doing well they're doing quite well in the Champions League. Are they playing in a better league? No, no, they just make sure that they are Eredivisie 
killing machine. That's what they are, and that's what they build, that's what they keep on building. Every time the players leave, and those players don't even necessarily do that well, oftentimes they don't even do that well in other places. That one golden generation that they had, they haven't, they've been very underwhelming when they've been going other places. Some of the players haven't been getting uh, playing time, some of the players have been underperforming. There's been a lot of expensive players who have not become what we thought when they were playing there in Ajax, because they were there for purpose, they knew what they were doing, and then, you know, all of a sudden it doesn't work that well. We have been hitting our head on the same brick, on the same wall, not even trying if any of the other bricks would be easier to move or a little bit softer, but, you know, to stretch this analogy a little further, we need to just reverse, add some speed while we run towards the wall, and then, perhaps then, we can leap over it but we can't just like smash our head through it. That's probably not how it's going to work. And let me emphasize this because it's incredibly easy to say that you have to make massive changes right now as if we aren't tied into our current contracts and, and players and arrangements and, and all that we have. This is not the type of populist approach, or at least I try for it not to be like that. I try to avoid it. But at the end of the day, it is about our values and strategies. What kind of project you want to have, both in short but also in long term. You need to start taking steps to some direction right now. And after one decade, over a decade of QSI time, you has passed. We have tried to build a project based on star power. We have been adding stars upon stars. We started with some. And then now this year, we have like this admittedly ridiculous team like we are at the apex of it right now we have so many huge names it's it's like re it's like a madness you, what i mean is that you can't really very easily build a team that has more star power than what we currently do and and this season has been very really uninspiring it hasn't been a great season despite all these amazing individual players these huge names from the top of the footballing pyramid and yet when you put them in the, on the pitch, the magic doesn't happen. It, it's, it, it is what it is. So if you can't go further in this way, let's assume for a moment that this is what we are learning from these experiments, that you can't go further this way. And it has not been giving the success that we really wanted. You have to rethink. Surely you have to rethink, right? Okay. And finally, we need to respect Likan in general. We might win it for the 10th time in our history. We are on our way to, 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 to do it. Nothing is confirmed, but we are well positioned to battle for it, to reclaim it. You know, Champions League, Coupe de France, we're disappointments this year. But let's not spit on the league on either. It isn't all that we wanted from this season. It is a disappointing thing that at, the, at this mo moment in March, we are only thing that we are have left is... is um, is league on but it might be what we can get if we don't entirely sabotage the rest of our season rest of our matches this might be the only thing that we can get so that is something to take seriously right and the whole point here is that if we take league on seriously and create a team with enough depth and enough ability and such a functioning unit where everyone knows why they are there for and everyone's motivated to perform every match every week it doesn't matter if you play coupe de france against some team from lower levels of french football it doesn't matter if you play against chelsea or or or, or liverpool or or bayern munich 
it doesn't matter. Every match is a match of football and every match you go with the right kind of purpose and passion. Right? So there, those are some thoughts of my chest. This is PSG Review, my name is Nico and I'm full of gratitude to you for listening and sharing this moment with me. It's really much appreciated and we will be back next week with Women's Champions League talk after the second leg of quarterfinals at Park. Good luck to the team for that match and then we start to be at the tail end of the international break as well. I will say this, that uh, I'm recording this just before the semi-final for Women's Coupe de France so I don't know what's happening there I'm hoping good things are gonna happen there also good luck to our our women's team these are important matches and next match for men's team it's already on Sunday night against Lorient uh, the big women's champions league night is on Wednesday at Parc de France against Bayern Munich and PSG with one goal advantage from the first leg apparently already record amount of tickets have been sold for that match you know more than in any of the women's matches before in Paris so if you can get to the stadium there are tickets left they're not very expensive don't miss your chance that's gonna be a good one that's my recommendation for you until then I wish you luck we can all use some luck take care peace